Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 75 for Friday, February 18th, 2011. The website is klezmerpodcast.com, and you can write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Joel Rubin of the Joel Rubin Ensemble and the University of Virginia. Joel has a new album out on the traditional Crossroads label entitled The Nigan of Reb Mendel, Hasidic Songs in Yiddish. We'll get to hear a track from the album a little bit later, but first, here's my interview with Joel Rubin. This was recorded on August 20th, 2010 at Klez Canada. Hi, this is Keith, and I'm at Klez Canada 2010, visiting with Professor Joel Rubin, who's on staff at Klez Canada this year, and uh, second time on the podcast. Joel, welcome to Klezmer Podcast. Thanks, Keith. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, welcome to Klez Canada. It's your second uh, year. I didn't get a chance to speak with you la- last year. Um, what have you been doing uh, at Klez Canada here, and, and uh, what's your experience so far oh that's right well actually yeah uh two different years um last year i was involved both uh teaching music and um giving some you know giving some informational lectures on various topics so i gave three lectures and taught an ensemble and taught the clarinet class this year i'm focusing more on the on the music side so i've been um teaching the advanced clarinet class in the mornings and then in the afternoons, um, Steve Greenman and I have been teaching an ensemble together. Um, well, I think it started off with about more than 20 musicians. It's boiled down to, I think there's about maybe 13 or 14 of them. And we're performing all repertoire from the Berigovsky collections, which is, of course, my specialty. I've done several CDs of that material. And Steve's, you know, spent a lot of time with that kind of material and, and, and um, similar stuff. So that's uh, what we've been doing, and then we're also um, the the three of us have been working. Well, the two of us have been working together with Pete Rushevsky, being the third um, on this sort of more extended uh, concert forms of klezmer music. So we we were working this week on um, you know performing some of that material. So we gave a little concert yesterday with two extended suites of um, old time klezmer stuff and improvisations and things like that from Eastern Europe. Wow, somehow I missed that. So, wow, I have to. Uh, you're going to be performing that as a group uh, in the future, or, or recording it, or what, what's your plan for that for that uh, group? Um, probably. It's really started out more as Pete's project. Um, I mean, he and Steve have been playing together for a long time, and he and I have been playing together for a long time, and then he decided to. And he's been working on these sort of more extended forms, so he decided to uh, to go into the studio last December. So the three of us uh, went in, and I think Michael Winograd was also involved. Um, and we recorded some of the material. I don't know if it's ever going to end up coming out or if that was just sort of the beginning of, of what's going to be a more extended recording project. So this will probably, yeah, we'll be doing some performances. I mean, Pete performs with my group, or, or the two of us, we perform as a duo and so forth. So we've been... Um, you know, performing some of this material over the last few years, but in this particular format, um, this is kind of new, and I, I'm hoping we'll be able to do more with that. Great. So, in general, have you been uh, 
enjoying the, seeing other stuff here as well? What, what else have you uh, seen that's that's uh, caught your ear or your eye? Oh, well, there's just an incredible amount of um, creative energy here. That, that really impressed me last year. Uh, they have a really good scholarship program for young musicians, and there's a bunch of people who've been coming here, you know, every year since they were teenagers, and there's just a lot of talent coming out of that program. Josh Dolgan, so-called, uh, is one of those people. Uh, I guess Michael Winograd is, too. Sarah Gordon. There's just a whole bunch of people coming out of that. And, um, in fact, last night, you know, they have this cabaret here. Every night, late night after the after the concert and the dance party are over, and I've never gone before. And last night they had a battle of the bands, and they asked me to be a judge. So it was really fun. Uh, Frank London and I, and um, Sandy Goldman, who's one of the co-founders uh, of Class Canada, we were the three judges, and it was like a sort of a you know American Idol kind of thing. It was really fun, and there were some really good groups. Yeah, I, I, I caught that last night too. So that was. Uh that was very good, and it, I, I like that they. Uh, it was more of a game show thing because of the timing factor, right? Everybody was limited in their time, and if they didn't finish, they got cut off. So. They got the hook after four <laughs> minutes. So uh, some of them managed to finish right exactly uh, mm-hmm. on their little countdown thing that they had. That, that was that was kind of cool. So everybody did a good job. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that was really good, and of course they have you know this other Europeans project here this year. Of course, some of those musicians. Uh, well, actually, two of the other Europeans who aren't here because the entire group isn't here are guys who've been regular members of my group for the last 15 years or so. And But, you know, it's just it's a privilege to be around so many talented musicians. And there's a couple of, uh, you know, there's a handful of these Moldavian musicians who are really incredible. And that's that's been inspiring. And, you know, every year they've managed to, to bring in something new and different um, that I keep, think keeps the place fresh you know this is only my second year but i mean you know just from talking to other people who've who've been coming here for longer that's the impression i get and of course it's incredibly beautiful here you can you know in 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 your copious spare time like he's squeezing (laughs) 15 minutes out to go jump in the lake it's great literally jumping in the lake that's a that's a really fun fun activity for here Mm -hmm. so uh let's talk about What's going on with uh, with your new CD project that you've been working on for the last three years, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is a project that's come to fruition that's, that represents, well, actually the last seven years or so of my work. When I came to Ithaca, New York in 2003, I met one of the first people that I met there was Rabbi Ellie Silberstein, who was the local Lubavitcher rabbi for um, Cornell University, and um, I found out immediately. I spent one of my first Friday nights over at his house with his family, and then after dinner he started, or maybe it was even before dinner, he started singing, and I discovered, um, first of all, that he had a lovely voice, and secondly, that he had an incredibly vast repertoire of fairly obscure Hasidic Nigunim and incredibly beautiful ones and um, he had a really a great love for klezmer music and a really interesting background because his parents, or his mother at least had fled the Soviet Union during the repressive years on fake passports and they, they ended up in Antwerp, Belgium. So he grew up in Antwerp in that incredibly rich um, Hasidic community that they have there. So he grew up not only around Lubavitch um, you know, music, but all the other Hasidic groups, because it's such a 
um, close-knit community. So he really, you know, picked up a lot from, from a lot of different places. So immediately, almost after I came to Ithaca, I started working with him both in terms of documenting his repertoire, um, but we also started performing together. He would perform with Pete Ruszewski and me, and then sometimes he performed. I had uh, a student ensemble, the Cornell University Klezmer Ensemble, and he would perform with us. And then, um, you know, out of that, we generated this whole, you know, several programs worth of repertoire. And then we decided uh, one of the sort of exciting subgroups of the stuff we were doing was that he knew all these songs in Yiddish. And um, so we based a whole program around um, these Yiddish language, or mix, they're mixed Yiddish and Hebrew, or he- Middish, uh, Yiddish and Aramaic, that kind of thing, um, songs. And um, I brought in my professional group, um, which consists, well, it's it's kind of a varying pool of musicians. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got a core of, you know, four or five, six musicians that have been working with me on and off for the last 10, 15 years. And... and um, in particular, especially since I came back to the States, that's been Pete Ruszewski on the cymbal and David Chernyavsky, a wonderful violinist, um, originally from St. Petersburg, who I've known since he was a teenager. So the three of us, and then there's a guy, a wonderful trombone player named Ryan Zowell, who was one of my students uh, when I was in Ithaca, and a few other musicians, and that's the core of the group. So so fr- from from that repertoire, what, what did you... Uh choose to to include on the cd here and what's the name of the cd uh the cd is on traditional crossroads and the the title is the niggin of reb mendel that's one the title of one of the songs um well i think the interesting thing about the project is usually you know nowadays when we think of hasidic singing it's mostly orthodox pop music that comes out of brooklyn and, you know, you have these sort of superstars like Avram Fried and Mordechai Ben David, and they're wonderful singers, but the, the, and they do wonderful repertoire, but the whole production is very commercial, sort of pop oriented with lots of synthesizers and, you know, kind of a real sort of pop, almost disco sensibility. And what's nice about this is that we're taking some similar repertoire. Um, but we're performing it um, with the, within the context of really having a Hasidic singer as a member of a klezmer band. So we're playing like a really... It's more acoustic, kind of, huh? It's, it's totally acoustic. It's, it's clarinet, two violins, cymbal, um, bass. That's the main group. And then uh, we added, a cor- uh, we added um, trombone and drums on some of the numbers. Um, and uh, with a real kind of old world eastern european kind of a sensibility but it's also kind of chamber musicy so it's really a lot of things coming together um but i think it's a really nice um mixture that's very unusual i don't think it's there's anything quite like it out there nowadays so i'm really happy about it so we finally um actually did the the raw material the recording of it uh three years ago and then i spent quite a bit of time mixing and um, editing it with our wonderful editor-engineer guy up in Ithaca, Alex Perialis, who's a very versatile engineer. He's done everything from uh, mega-platinum records <laughs> with um, Metallica and Anthrax <laughs> down to the most obscure 21st century, you know, 
chamber music that's got edits, you know, three edits in every measure and that kind of thing. <laughs> so he he was perfect for this. And um, and then you know, doing the liner notes and the liner liner notes have um, all the song texts in in Yiddish and Hebrew, and then the transliterations and then translations and so forth. So it was a lot of a lot of work went into it, but I'm really happy with the results. Wow. Uh I, obviously, I haven't had a chance to listen to it myself yet, but I, I'm going to look forward to uh, spending some time with it uh, very soon. Uh, between now and and uh, the time this uh, this, hit, this broadcast hits the internet, um, but did did you uh, get a chance to go to Antwerp and and research the origin of these tunes any further or? or uh, did it no, did it just come from uh, Ithaca? Just from Ithaca. I mean, I've been to Antwerp a couple times. In fact, um, my band just performed our midnight par- prayer program there uh, around Thanksgiving time, which was which, that, that was your uh, that was your previous most CD. previous CD, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I've been to Antwerp a couple times and kind of imbibed the the vibe there. But no, I haven't done any research there. I was mostly uh, most of the work I've done with with Hasidic groups was well, I've done, a lot of it was with with Ellie Silberstein, but I've also did some work uh, in Israel, and mostly in the nineties. Great. Um, so, what's uh, next for you? Uh, we're talking about some of the possible projects mm-hmm. coming up or other uh, touring around you might be doing with your group. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I teach at the University of Virginia, and there I have a, a student, well, it's sort of a student-slash-community klezmer ensemble that's been that's now going into its fifth year. And so I perform locally with them every semester, and we bring in guest artists from outside. So we've had a whole slew of, of really well-known klezmer people come in. Uh, most recently was So Called and Dan Blacksburg. This year we're having Michael Winograd come down and Steve Greenman also. So that's that's those that's exciting. Just learning their music and working with them, and then you know getting them together with my students and everything. Um, I have a, an upcoming recording project for John Zorn that I'm excited about, and I don't want to say too much about it yet because I'm not even sure myself how it's going to turn out or, or anything. But I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's coming up in in October, and more long range of course i'm always trying to figure out a way to get back to my european group which is the the group that i've really been you know working a lot with since the early 90s and to do another recording project with them we had such a great time in budapest back in 2006 working on the last one and i'm just you know it's always it's always a very you know expensive endeavor Nowadays, it's harder to find co-sponsors and so forth, so you really have to get industrious to find... Mm. You know, you have to find excuses to make CDs. It used to be like CDs was just something that you did, and now it's become a much bigger deal the less, I guess, sort of the less important they are for the marketplace, the more kind of planning has to go into making each one actually come into being. I, I know a lot of musicians aren't even making recordings anymore because they just don't know how to market them. Uh, but I feel like it's important. You know, it's sort of like it's a musical statement. I mean, it's a business card too, of course, and you want to have something to sell at your concerts and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's really a, 
you know, kind of a way of making a musical statement. And I think it's important to just keep doing, even if they, you know, even if it's getting more and more difficult. Sure, it captures kind of a moment in time of mm-hmm. of uh, your musical progress, whatever you've been working on for some period of time. Oh yeah, I mean it's two. Yeah, recordings are really two things. One thing it's like, like you said, it's like a musical snapshot of of your particular mood during a particular couple of days of that particular year. But on the other hand, it's often representative of you know three or five or ten years worth of preparation that went into it. Right, and th- in this case, at least three years that, that you've been mm-hmm. working on this. Mm-hmm. So very good. Well. Um, how can people uh, get their hands on this, or or find a download, and how they can, how can they uh, uh, keep up to date on your uh, on your activities? You said there's a new uh, website also. Oh yeah, I have a brand new website that's just joelrubin.joelrubinklesmer.com, uh, and uh, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and MySpace and all that stuff. MySpace is I think Joel Rubin Jewish Music Ensemble. Um, Twitter is, uh, Joel Rubin Klez. You know, you have all these funny names. Uh, the album is in regular distribution because it's on traditional crossroads, so it'll be available, you know, through Amazon and all of those other kinds of things, or directly through traditional crossroads, um, from their website or iTunes. So it should be pretty easy to, to find. Very good. Um, all right, anything else that, uh, you want to mention I haven't asked you about yet? Mm, I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> okay, well, Joel Rubin, thanks for visiting with me on the Klezmer Podcast. Uh, beautiful afternoon here at Klez Canada, and hope you enjoy uh, the rest of your week here. Okay, my pleasure, as they say at Klez Canada. <laughs>
This is Reimar Walters from the Molotov Brass Orchestra. Listen to us on klesmerpodcast.com. All right, I'm back. That was my interview with Joel Rubin of the Joel Rubin Ensemble and the new album, The Niggin of Reb Mendel on Traditional Crossroads. The track we heard was Essen es sich, in English translated as eating is an easy task, and I certainly couldn't agree more. The vocal was by Rabbi Ellie Silberstein. So once again, I'd like to thank Joel Rubin for appearing on the podcast and for providing the track for us to listen to. Again, the website is klezmerpodcast.com, and if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to appear on the podcast or have your music played, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. You can also find me on Facebook, MySpace, Last.fm, Twitter, and Skype at username klezmerpodcast. So that's about it for Klezmer Podcast 75. Thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed, tell your friends, and until next time, bye for now.